This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com So it says that the regeneration that doesn't bring Mashiach and doesn't build the base Hamikdash is considered as if it is our fault we caused the d- destruction of the base Hamikdash. So we, many times on Tisha B'Av we look, we say Kinnis, and we look back and we're like, ah, oh, those people. You know, they didn't know how to treat other people, and they had sinner hatred and jealousy, and avoid the Zara, and all the damim and murder, and how terrible were those people. If, if we would have lived in those times, it would have never happened. But Chazal say that's not true. Because if in our time, in our generation, the base Hamigdash is not rebuilt, then it's as as if we destroyed the base Hamigdash. So there's something that we're doing now in our generation that is exactly the same, no different than they did in that generation. Because if it was different, the base Hamigdash would be here. So tonight I titled tonight's speech. Maybe the destruction or the withholding of the third base on Dash is on our shoulders. There's a lot of talk and text messages going around about many different stories. We don't know which are true, which we don't know which are not true. Everyone's talking about Mashiach. The Chachamim are saying you should never give a specific time for Mashiach because if it doesn't come at that time it will cause Klai Yisrael to be very distressed so I'm not quoting any Mekubalim I'm not quoting any text messages but I'm quoting a Gemara and the Gemara in Megillah Daf Yud Zayin Amid Beis He's talking about Shemana Esrei. The seventh bracha in Shemana Esrei talks about Geula, Goel Yisrael. Right? Talks about the Geula of Klai Yisrael. So the Gemara asks, Uma Roy Loime Geula Why specifically the seventh bracha talks about redemption? The reason that the seventh bracha in Shemana Esrei talks about redemption is because Klai Yisrael, the Jewish nation, is destined to be redeemed in Shemitah, in the seventh year, which everyone in this room knows is this coming Rosh Hashanah is the seventh year, which is Shemitah. The Fichach, the Gemara says, Kavua Mishviyas. Therefore, the bracha that has to do with the redemption of Klai Yisrael is the seventh bracha in Shemana Esra. Says the Gemara, Mar, but Mar said, in the sixth year, the year that we're in right now, there will be 
sounds will be heard. The coming of Moshiach in the sixth year. So the Gemara answers. And the Gemara says that the winds of war will start, the war will start in the sixth year as it has. The Shviyas Muhammad, the whole seventh year wars, the year of Shemitah, the year that's coming up, wars will break out. As you see right now, the whole world, many different parts of the world, there are many different wars. And at the end of Shemitah, Ben David Ba, Mashiach will come. And the Gemara answers, and the Gemara says, Why are you saying the bracha of redemption, the seventh bracha, if the seventh, right, the seventh year is not Mashiach, the seventh year is war. And only the end of the seventh year, the beginning of the eighth year, is Mashiach. So we should say the bracha of redemption when? In the eighth bracha. And the Gemara answers, The war that will begin in the seventh year, that will go in the seventh year, is also considered the beginning of redemption. So the war itself in the seventh year is part of the Geula. And therefore, we don't wait for the eighth bracha, but we actually talk about the Geula in the seventh bracha. So this is not a makubal, and this is not a rumor, and this is not an email, or a text. This is a Gemara in Megillah and a Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara says very clearly that a war will begin in the sixth year, it will continue into the seventh year, into Shemitah, and at the end of Shemitah, Moshiach ben David will come. So, it's amazing. That's it, it's over. Kovetz Chaim has a thing, the last Tisha B'Av. They're showing tomorrow. They're Nevi'im. This is it. It's a Gemara. But ladies, do you know how many Shemitahs have gone by since this Gemara was written? So how do we know? Or why not? Or what happens if at the end of next year, Shiach doesn't come? And the answer, I think, is very, very important because I don't, you, I don't even know how many of you were alive or not alive a few years ago. Um, so we had Bircha Salavana, the bracha of the Levana. It came out on Pesach and only comes out on Pesach in the times of Mashiach. And I remember standing there in the morning doing the Bircha the, 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 the of the Chama and thinking that that's it, there's going to be a chauffeur. It was Vasik and we all got up. I remember where I was standing. It's going to be a chauffeur. Mashiach's going to be here. And it didn't come. So what's really happening? And the answer is that there are times in the the first two thousand years and the second two thousand years there was not supposed to be a Mashiach. It's the last two thousand years of the world that the Gemara and Sanhedrin says that Mashiach will be here. And during those last two thousand years, which we're now at the end 
of those last 2,000 years, there will be portals, openings, windows, set times for Mashiach to come. Opportunities, opportune times. But we have to schlep him. He's there. There, there are times that are special, opportune times that Mashiach is really supposed to be here. And at that moment, if we're able to pull him through, he will come. So there's no question that according to the Gemara, the coming year might be very scary. But it is the seventh year, and at Matzei Shviz, the Gemara says Mashiach will come. So we're all sitting here on this Tish above at a portal, at an opening, at a spiritual, physical portal. It's a set time. It's a, it's a time that Mashiach can come. We just have to bring him. So the question is, how? Some of you saw, some of you did not see the video before I got here, how Ornava has set up that tomorrow on Tisha B'Av, after Chatzais at 1.02, I spoke to many Gedolim to find out if you're allowed to say Tehillim, because there's a machlekes, because Tehillim, right, if you're not, it's, 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 it's Tanakh, and you're not allowed to learn Tanakh on, on Tisha B'Av, but we say Tehillim, we're not learning it, we're saying that's Tachnunim, and they all said there's no Shiloh right now. There's a very big need, and there's no Shiloh that everybody can say Tehillim after Chatzais. So we're pushing very hard, very, very hard for all the women to choose, and I'll explain to you why, to choose a certain capital, whether it's Pevav or Chaf or Chaf Aleph, two or five or three, but that is your capital of Tehillim. And tomorrow you're going to say it like you've never, ever said Tehillim before. And I'm going to explain to you, we're not going to say Tehillim, as I said on the video, we're going to cry to Helen. We're going to scream to Helen. Saying to Helen is not enough anymore. We have to scream to Helen. So there's something very fascinating in the Torah. There seems to be a certain scream, a certain inner cry, that when you cry this cry, from your inner fiber, from the, from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes, where, where, where your eyes are crying and your heart is crying and there's a, a pit in your stomach and you're shaking. There is such a cry spoken about in the Torah. And when a person is able to cry, to go into themselves and let out such a cry, there's an immediate response from God. An immediate response. And if we could find out what that is, then we can bring Mashiach through this portal. And it's very sad, the first person who cried like this in the Torah. And it's a Rashi. So in Pashas Vayera, Hashem came to Avraham Avinu. And Hashem said the following. Vayomer Hashem, Za'akas Sedoim Amora, The cry of Sidon and Amora, ki rabba b'chatosim ki kaba ma'od. They're sinning, and their, and their sins are very heavy. Erdanah, I will go down the erer, and I will see. Now here's the word. Haketza'akasah. This cry, this inner scream. Haba'elai, that has come to me. I will destroy them. So the question is, the first Pasuk says, 
The cries of Sodom, plural. And God doesn't say he's going to destroy them. He just says, I hear them. There are a lot of them. And there were many murderers and they were miserable people. They stretched short people and they cut down, you know, big people. Hamas. This was Sodom. And there were many people who were murdered and killed and hurt. And there were many cries. But God didn't react. He didn't destroy, he didn't destroy Sodom. So in the plural cries, Za'akasadon was plural. But then all of a sudden, in the next passage, Hashem says, something happened. I must go down to see this. Now, Hashem sees everything. And we learn from here that you can't judge someone unless you see it. So the passage specifically says that Hashem said to the Malachim, before I'm going to judge Sodom, so even God, who knows everything, said before you judge somebody, you have to see the action. You can't just react to something that you heard. But it's singular. Erda na, the era, let's go down and see the cry. One cry. And after that cry, Hashem said, Tavram, finito, they're over, it's finished. I'm destroying. What was that cry? Says Rashi. Says Rashi that there was a girl in Sodom who helped a poor person. And to punish her, they took her and smeared her with honey and hung her on a tree above a bee's nest. And all these bees swarmed on her and bit her to death. And as she was dying for this chesed that she did, she let out such a blood-curdling cry, such a scream. This one cry came from such a place in this human being? It's over. Immediate reaction. Sodom is destroyed. So we see from here that there is a cry that occurs. Baruch when he hears this cry, he comes down to see and it's an automatic reaction, immediate reaction. Now nah, we'll let them do tshuva. Let them do tshuva. Maybe we'll change their mind. Maybe they'll do tshuva. There's no tshuva. When, when a person cries like that, because both will be asked, there's no tshuva, there's no time. That's the first time we see this word. Hakatsa'akasa. The next time we see it is by Esau. When Esau realized that Yaakov had taken his bracha, he let out a huge cry, Umara, and it was so bitter, please bless me. He had a moment like this girl, where he was in so much pain, it was, it was so part of him, this pain in his heart and his soul, that Esau let out this crazy cry. Esav HaRasha. He wasn't that girl doing doing good. He was a Russia. But this Russia, he, he tapped in himself that place that he cried so deep that even though he was a Russia, Hashem had to react. What was Hashem's reaction? Thousands of years later, Hashem wrote in his book when Esav cried, but Klai Yisrael, even though Esau was a Russia, 
when Yaakov did nothing wrong, he bought the Bechorah. But when someone gives such a cry, there's a payment. So when he cried, Hashem wrote down in his book that one day we're going to have to cry the same way that Asaph cried because we caused him to cry. And I'm a Gilas Esther. And Mordechai knew what, what happened. By Yikra, Mordechai is begadal. He ripped his clothing. By Yilber Sok, he put on sackcloth for Efer. By Yitzay b'Toichir, the exact same words. By Yizak, Zaka, Gedola, Umara. Payback. You caused Esau to go so deep and to cry so deep, Kleistral is going to have to cry the same way. The same four words that we used by Esau. When someone cries like that, even if they're a Russia, the Kaddish Baruch Hu reacts to it. So Kleistral had to cry the same way that Esau did that was Esau if we cause another Jew to cry what a terrible punishment will come down right away onward Pasha Shemos it was in those days the Melchim Mitzrayim died by Yenachu B'nei Yisrael and Avoida and the Jewish nation rested by his Yisraku same cry and it went straight up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu by Yishma Elokim Esnachosam and Hashem heard this, this, this same cry they were taking our children they were throwing them into a river they were, they, they were enslaving us so Klai Yisrael, it was so busy we couldn't cry, but when we had a moment of rest, Klai Yisrael had this, this deep cry from within, with, from within. Listen to what the Torah says to us. By Yishma Lokim is Nakasam, and Hashem heard their cry by Yishka Lokim as we said Avram And Hashem remembered that he made a deal with Avram Yitzhak. What are you talking about? They were been trying for 210 years. You didn't know that, that you made a brisk with Avram Yitzhak why now, all of a sudden, Hashem remembers that he made a bris with Avraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov because Klai Yisrael found Sa'aka Gedailah. They found a different kind of cry. They found a cry out of pain, not out of want. Children cry because they want something. Klai Yisrael, we cry a lot because we want something. I want Rufu Shalema. I want to get married. I want to have children. I want Mashiach. So we cry a lot because we want something. Christ will cry for 210 years. They wanted to get out of the train. But then they let out a cry of pain. They were in pain. And then Hashem said, You're in pain? That kind of cry? And Hashem remembered and immediately Listen carefully. This is the word. And Hashem comes to Moshe Rabbeinu in, in the desert. By Yerma Hashem, Roy, Reisi, Es Ani, 
Ami Hashem in Mitzrayim. I see their pain. The Esakosom Shomati Mibnei Naishav. And their, their painful cries I hear because of their Naishav. And Hashem turns to Moshe Rabbeinu and he says, The Atta in now, he made Sakas Bnei Yisrael Bo Eli. Now their pain, their cry from pain has reached me. And you have to go down and you have to take them out. So we see. We see, ladies, that there's a cry from pain. And when we cry from that place in our heart and our soul, God reacts immediately. You saw the video before I got here. The mothers that have lost children, the wives that have lost husbands, and the children that have lost fathers. It's not a cry from want. It's a cry from pain. But we in Golis, us here tonight, and the whole Israel, we are now going into the seventh year and the Gemara says that the seventh year, Mateshvius, is a time, an opportune time to bring Mashiach through this portal. But saying to Hillel won't do it. They said to Hillel and Mitzrayim for 210 years and didn't do it. We have to cry to Hillel. We have to come from a place of pain. There's so much pain in Klyostrol. We have to go into a room and close the door and say a capital to Hillen, or not even say a capital to Hillen. Talk to Hashem in your own words. Open up your heart. Don't say it. Cry it. And Hashem has to turn to his angels and say, Sakas, B'nai Yisrael, the cries of Klai Yisrael, the pain. I hear, Erdanah, let's go down. And see what's happening. And take him out of his gullus. But even that's not enough. You see, the tzakas, the cries of Kla Yisrael, only got them out of Mitzrayim. But it didn't get them across the Yamsuf. It's, it's the most beautiful, I mean, you just watch how the Torah, how it weaves this. Sakas of Klaisha, the cry and the pain. And even if we cry in pain, it will get us out of the Golos. But what's going to get us to Mashiach? What's going to bring Mashiach through this portal? So that I don't have to stand here next year. But I can stand where I belong. I'm a client in the Beit Hamigdash. So look into the Torah. Klaisha got out of Mitzrayim. We get to the we get to the Yamsuf, Mamash like it is today, and in front of us is the Yamsuf, behind us is the Egyptians shooting missiles, shooting spears and arrows, and there was a cloud and it caught them. But Klaisro lived in Tevan, we were very scared. How long is this cloud gonna keep them? How long is this iron dome? Which was all respect to the iron dome is nonsense. 94 missiles yesterday. 
Seven were caught by the Iron Dome. Seven. Eighty-seven were caught by God. Seven. Ten percent of the missiles that are shot, the Iron Dome takes down. And everyone's talking about the Iron Dome when the other ninety percent Hashem takes down, and nobody talks about him. It's just the usual way things go. He hides himself. Ten percent, that's it. Oh, it's getting a lot of press. And they asked the head of Hamas. We've never met a group that had such bad aim. 3,000 missiles and you haven't hit anything. 3,000 missiles. If you shot 3,000 bullets, you'd kill a lot of people. 3,000 missiles and you killed three people? And they asked him, what's with you guys? The head of Hamas, in this interview said, we have good aim. We're aiming at the centers of the cities. But the Jewish God is playing with our missiles. And he told the reporter, but don't worry. The Jews will sing. And then he will not play with the missiles and protect them anymore. This is from the mouth of Hamas. He's not talking about the Iron Dome. God of the Jews is playing with our missiles. So the question is, Clyde Schroes at the Yamsuf, and they're screaming, you pain! We're stuck! You took us out of here! We're stuck! In front of us is a raging sea. Behind us is a bunch of missiles. Help! So the Pasik says, Hashem says, Hashem yulachim lachem ba'atem tacharisha and relax. I'll fight for you. And Moshe Rabbeinu was standing there and he was crying. And Moshe Rabbeinu knew how to cry from pain. Vayayma Hashem el Moshe. Listen to the word. Ma titzak elai. That's the word. Why are you screaming in pain to me? Dabel b'nei Yisrael, be so. What are you talking to me for? Talk to Klai Yisrael and tell them to travel. Says Rashi, this doesn't make any sense. The Madhu, we learned, Moshe was crying. He knew the secret. You're going to get a reaction if you cry like that. So he knew the secret. So he's standing in front of the Yamsuf and he's screaming from that place in his heart and his soul. And the Yamsuf's not splitting. So Rashi says, He was davening. God said to him, Now is not the time to cry and to daven. She is shrill, nice The Jews are in trouble. So everybody asked, what are you talking about? Moshe Rabbeinu is crying. It always worked. This titzak always worked. And now Hashem is saying, well, you shouldn't be crying because you're in trouble. What do you mean? What does a Jew do when you're in trouble? You cry. So what is Hashem saying? Love of the titzak. Why are you crying? That's what I'm supposed to do. So Rashi doesn't really help us at all. And then Rashi says, Ma titzak elai. Hadavar toli elai, Hashem says. You think this is up to me to split the yam? No. It's up to them. Olecha. It's up to the Jews. This is very hard to understand. So here I am standing where Wallace is coming here tonight and telling you, ladies, go into a room, close the door, cry from pain, say to Hillen, from pain, from your heart and your soul, for all the girls that don't have a shidduch, for all the people who don't have children, for all the kids in the cancer wards. 
all the kids off the derech. There's a lot to cry about. So go into your rooms, open up your hearts, cry from within like you've never cried before, and you'll get us out of goals. But you won't bring Mashiach. Because Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, when he needed a miracle, and he needed the Yom to split, what are you crying for? So what do you need to do to bring Mashiach? And the answer is as follows. You want a miracle? You want a miracle? You want to change the world? You want to bring Mashiach? If you want a miracle, then you need to do a miracle. So Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu that at this point, in Shemayim, the Midas Hadin, the Midas Hadin is saying, Hey, my dear, my Zara, Hey, my dear, my Zara. They're the same. You can't do a miracle. The Yam can't split. You want to get them out of the Triad? Fine. But you can't split the Yam. They don't deserve a miracle. Why do they deserve a miracle? They have the internet. They have internet. They have movies. Hamas has movies and internet. And the Jewish nation has movies and internet. The world has non-Jewish music. And the Jewish world has non-Jewish music. The Jewish world is not always dressed modestly. And I don't even want to say what the other world is dressed. So Mashiach is waiting at the door. And the Malach of Esau is blocking the door. And he's saying, okay, but Mashiach can't come through. We can't split the Yam because the Jews are doing exactly what the non-Jews are doing. Manishtana. Midas Adin doesn't have an answer. Cry and scream all you want. You'll get us maybe out of this gullus that nobody's going to be trying to kill us, but you're not going to bring Mashiach. So Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu a secret. I can't help you. God himself said, I can't help you. Because the Malach Din is MS. Law is MS. And he's right. The Jews, they got the same movies. They're going to the same places. They're hanging out in the same places. They're going to the same concerts. Manishtana. What's the difference? They're on Facebook. They're on social media. All the other guy on social media, they're also on social media. So what are you going to answer, Hashem? What are you going to answer? Hey, my dad, my dessert, hey, my dessert. Manishtana, that they wear a yarmulke. Okay, very nice. The Pope wears the yarmulke too. So we're stuck. We're stuck at the, at the door. Mashiach is stuck. And he can't come through. Because exactly what happened by the Yam is happening now. Hey, my dear, Zara. Hey, what's the difference between them? They drive the same cars. They live in the same houses. Manishtana, what's the difference? So the Midas Adin has no answer. As Hashem had no answer by the Yam Suf. So Hashem whispered to Moshe Rabbeinu, praying and talking is not going to do it. You've got to do something. You have to break nature. And if you break nature, then I have a right, me the connected me the 
to break nature and nobody has anything to say. So you know that Nachshon jumped into the water and the, the Medrash says that the water went over his nose and he could not breathe, not to his neck, not over his mouth, went over his nose and he could not breathe. So according to nature, he could not breathe, he could not live. And he was being moistened in that flesh. He was giving his life for Kiddush Hashem, for God. So God at that point said, Yam, your nature is not to split. But this Jewish boy who's in the water, his nature is not to be able to breathe. And he's willing to break nature for me. I'm going to break nature for him. And that's the secret that God told Moshe Rabbeinu. But Kachaya, and it worked. So ladies, that's the only way we bring Mashiach through that portal we have to break our nature the hardest thing in the world to do is to break your nature so to bring us out of the goals tomorrow, tonight go into that room and scream that will make God react but we can't get Moshiach past Esau unless we break our nature and we have to go home tonight and take on something to break our nature. I'll tell you a story. The very famous athlete who became a superstar. And they asked him, what, what do you attest this to? And he said that there was a guru, a guru in California. He was known that if you went and trained with him, whatever sport you wanted, whatever you wanted to do, he would make you the best that's possible. So this athlete said, I thought a guru, we're going to do all kinds of mind things and yoga. So he calls the guru and he says, I'm, I'm a college athlete, I want to be a pro, I want to be the best. He says, okay, I'll take you on, that's what's going to cost you. He says, okay, so where's your, you know, where's your place that you're going to train me? He says, meet me at the beach in LA. Bring, bring your bathing suit. Bring my bathing suit. The finger, the castle on, swimming. He comes to the beach. It's a true story. And the guru is there and the guru says, come, let's go for a walk into the ocean. Okay, walk into the ocean. They walk into the ocean. The water starts to get higher and higher and higher. And finally, the water's up to this guy's neck. And the guru says to him, okay, now put your head under the water. He says, uh, this, is what, this is what you're teaching me? He says, yeah, just put your head under the water. And this athlete puts his head under the water, and the guru, with both hands, holds his head under the water. And this guy can't get his head out of the water, and he's drowning. And he's drowning, and he's, his hands are flying, and his legs are flying. And this guru, he's just holding this guy's head down. He's killing him. He's killing him. And the last second, the guy's mamish, he can't, he's not even struggling anymore. The last second, the guru lets go. And this guy comes up to him, and... <gasps> And he starts grasping this ear. Wait, wait, what are you doing? Wait, wait, you crazy? You trying to kill me? And the guru looks him in the eye. And he said, Don't ever forget how you felt under that water. How much you needed that breath of air. Because now you will understand. You will need to win and be the best that you can as much as you wanted to breathe. And when you want to win as much as you need to breathe, you'll be a superstar.
I don't need a guru. It's a mission in Pirkei Avos. And the mission says, Hu haya oimer. Rabbi Gamliel said, Asay with tsoinoi kirtsoincha. Kirtsoinecha. Make God's will your will. Kideshi yase with tsoincha kirtsoinno. Because when, when you need HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when you need God in your life as much as you need to breathe, you become a champion. When you make your will His will, then He will make your will what you need, He will do for you. Bata with Sain Chab Ibn with Sainai. Break your will for Hashem's will. And then he will break Hamas's will to destroy us and all the anti-Semites in the world. It's a missionary prayer. Break your will for Hashem's will and he will break everyone's bad intentions, bad wills against you. So I had a story last week in my office. I actually had two stories. One story, a young girl came with her mother and her mother sat down in front of me very nice girl she said there's a situation between the two of us that we cannot seem to, to get handled over here maybe Red Wallace maybe you could help us said, okay what's going on my daughter used to be very sneeze but now she wears clothing it's tight and it's not sneeze and it bothers me very very much it got shorter and tighter and the mother was like very upset Okay. So I looked at the girl and I said, What's going on? You were sneers, now you're not sneers, what's going on? Tell you the truth, Rebel Wallstein. I used to be a very heavy girl. I lost a lot of weight. I spent a lot of time in the gym. I dieted very hard. I finally got myself a figure. I'm gonna show it off. And um, you know what? I'm getting a lot of attention. And I used to not get any attention. And I looked at her. I was preparing the shir. I said, I want to tell you about a Mishnah. Figure out Make your will God's will. I said, I understand where you're coming from. I'm not a girl, but I understand you work so hard. And, and now you, you're buying clothing because you work so hard to get to this point. But that's not God's will. He's the one who gives you life every day to exercise. He's the one that gave you the ability to do this, to be healthy. It's not what he wants. I said, so now your teva changed, your nature changed. And you don't want to beat snares. I said, now you can split the off. Because if you're going to go out now in a loose dress after all that work, it's against your nature now. You worked so hard. And you're going to stand in front of Hashem and say, I want to go out dressed very differently. I want people to look at me and compliment me and tell me how much weight I lost. I mean, I really worked for this. But I'm not going to do it because that's really not what Hashem wants. I'm going to do, I'm going to break my will for His. He said, nobody can ever hurt you the rest of your life. Because if you break your will, then God will break any person in this world's will that wants to hurt you. And it's, it's, it's a struggle, and I, I didn't speak to her since then. I hope she listened, but it's a very big struggle. It's very, very hard. 
but that's what's going to bring Mashiach through the portal. Every woman in this room and everyone who's watching, everybody has a different nature, has a different teva. And the only way to bring Mashiach is if all of us break our nature so that we can turn to Hashem and say, Hey, my dad, my Zara, Hey, my dad, my Zara. But they break their nature. They blow themselves up. They're mice and nefesh. They give up their lives to kill. We give up our lives to do the will of God. So Esau, we might be doing the wrong things like they're doing. Hey, my beavoy deserve, hey, my beavoy deserve. But when it comes to Mesirat Nefesh, when it comes to breaking our will, it's to do good, it's to do the will of Hashem, not God forbid to kill people. So Esau, move out of the way, and Moshiach will come. So I'm asking here everybody tonight to do something. If you want this Gemara to come to fruition, then the thing that is part of your nature, Rabbi Wallerstein, I can't change it. That's who I am. I need this kind of music. I need this kind of dress. I like to talk bad about people. It's just, I, I have a, it's my nature. I have a temper. That's what we have to break. Or he's not coming through that door. Israel, we have to each individually break our nature and Hashem is telling us. But Yitzhak, here we are. Everyone's crying. Everybody's screaming. In America, in Israel, everywhere we're screaming. And we lost 60 soldiers and three boys to start this whole thing. Where were they going? They were going home for Shabbos. But Yitzhak we're bringing Hashem down to the world and he wants to bring Mashiach. But the portal's closed. Because we're willing to do everything but change our nature. So this Tisha of everyone in this room and everybody watching has to do the hardest thing that they ever did in their life. The thing that's the hardest, the thing that makes you who you are, you gotta break it. And we'll break open that window. Mashiach will come through. There was a second story that happened last week where a, a mother and a daughter came to me and the mother was very upset with the daughter and she kept saying, well, I don't care and I think this and I am the mother and this is my house and I this and I that and the whole time listening, I hear this word I and I and I and I. And then it was the daughter's chance to tell me, she says, well, I'm a person too and I have my life and I'm not an old-fashioned old like my mother. And I this, and I that. And just continuously the whole time they're saying I. And I'm looking at the two of them. And I'm saying, that's the teva of a person. That's our nature. It's all about me. That's I. You know who I am? You know what I do? So I looked at the two of them and I said, you know, the two of you don't even see each other. They were talking and they, they weren't listening to each other. I said, I know why you two don't get along. Because both of you have I in front of you. I can't see you if I'm in front of myself. So I said an interesting thing, a play on words. We, all of us, Baruch Hashem, have two eyes, right? And with our two eyes, we can see everybody. We can see the whole world, Baruch Hashem. But one eye can never see the other eye. 
One eye never sees the other eye. In a marriage, and in children and parents, and in any relationship, if you're dealing with two eyes, oh, they can do chesed. I deal with people do chesed for the whole world. But the shalom bias between the two of them doesn't exist. But she helps everyone and he helps everyone. Why? Yes, because with your two eyes you could help everybody. But when two eyes are on one face, it's a relationship, they can never see each other. So we have to take those eyes away. And if we take those eyes away, then we can see each other. And the hardest teva to break is to break your eye. Your eye. There's no eye in us, just you. Another play on words. It's very hard to break a person's teva. And that's what we need to do this Tisha B'Av. He's there. The Gemara says, he's ready. And he's there. We need to cry to get us out of this, Ryan. To get us out of this. But to bring him in, we need to break our teva. So I want to end something I've been speaking about for the last week, two weeks, which I happen, happens to be that my Ruff tonight spoke about it. Very, very, very important. We'll end with this. So there's a, it's a moed, it's a yantif, where we don't say tachanim tomorrow, right? It's a yantif. Not that it's going to be a yantif, it is a yantif. Everyone thinks Tishbub is going to be a yantif. Tishbub is a yantif. We don't say tachanim, we don't say it's a fast day, we don't say vidam tomorrow. It's a yantif. So the question is, it's a yantif? You're all sitting on the floor and you're fasting? What's the yantif? So I want to tell you a story. So there was a king, a melech, had a very beautiful palace, had a very beautiful daughter, and one day this daughter gets married and she moves away. She doesn't see her father now only once every three years. The king had a gorgeous palace. And one day, the palace burns down to the ground. There's nothing left. Ashes. And everybody in the kingdom is very sad. The king lost his palace. Except for one girl. There's one person in this kingdom that's happy. She's happy. She's happy that the king's palace burnt down. Yes. It's his daughter. And she knows that her father has nowhere to live. And he's going to have to come move in with her. So even though it's very sad to the rest of the world, to this beautiful princess who didn't see her father for two, three years, this is amazing. He's going to move in. I'm going to have my Taki back. I'm going to have my Abba back, my daddy. And when he finishes building the palace, it's going to take him a long time, because it was a big palace. He'll move back. But in the meanwhile, I'll have him. So while everybody's crying, there's one girl that's smiling. Of course, she can't go out partying, because her father is palace burnt down but she's very very happy that it happened the king who has no palace comes to the daughter and of course she takes him in and even though he lost his palace he's got his daughter and the explanation for this is that's what Tisha B'Av is that Hashem lost his base on Migdash twice. Ba'asuli Migdash for Shachanti Besocham, it says. 
Hashem said, make me a Beit HaMikdash and I'll dwell within you. Not Pesocho, not in the Beit HaMikdash, but within you. So since the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, when there was a Beit HaMikdash ladies, you could go to the Ezra's Nashim. I don't know exactly what you could see, but you couldn't see much. Now, there's no Beit HaMikdash. So we don't go to the Beit HaMikdash. So it says, God says, now that the Shekhinah doesn't have a place to rest, I will rest within every single one of you. So in a way, because there's something to be happy about on Tisha B'Av, because of the destruction of the palace, he is now much closer to all of us than he was before. And the Zayar says, scary, that all our houses today is the base of Migdash. Why can't you? I'm sure many of you have tried to sit on a table and your parents are like, you can't sit on a table, get off that table because the table is considered the shulchan that was in the, in the Beis HaMikdash. The table is considered the Mizbeach. And it says in the Zayana that when a lady lights her candles for Shabbos, this is Lushin, she is a Kohen Gadol lighting the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. And I said, maybe that's why Hasidish ladies put on an extra apron. Because the Kohen had big day kohuna. So every woman in this room that lights candles for Shabbos, you're a Kohen Gadol. When Mashiach comes, sorry, but you're not going to be even a Kohen. You're not going to do a void in the base on Migdash. You'll have a lot of other good things to do. So that means that right now, according to the Zoya, the ladies of this generation are closer to Hashem when there was a base on Migdash, they couldn't light the menorah. They definitely were not Kohanim Gedolim. But today, the Kohanim Gedolim and the light of the menorah. You have to think about how you, how you stand in front of that menorah. Not running down with your hair soaking in the last second and blah, 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 but with the Kohan, how a Kohan lit the menorah. In the base on Migdash, you have to understand. You have to be there a couple of minutes early. It's an interesting thing because the men you're supposed to light it a little bit before, and it talks about that the client didn't the client didn't have to always clean out the candles, but somebody else could clean out the candles. So sort of there's a little connection. The husband, if he lights the candle before, just to prepare it, so he prepared the nares, and that's what used to have in the base of They would prepare the nares for the client to light the nares. So it's mamasha, it's like a menager thing going on every every Shabbos. So everyone in this room is actually closer to God after the destruction of the base of Migdash? than when there was a base on Migdash. But, scarier, Zayar says, so we have the Shulchan, and we have the Mizbeach, where's the Kodesh Kedoshim, where the Aron was, with the Kruvim, the Holy of Holies, where the Ark was? What part of the house is that? Oh, it must be my husband's my kitchen, right? Or my husband's slaughter room. No, no, no. The Zayar says the Kiddush Kiddushin of a person's house is their bedroom. And the husband and wife are the Kruvim on the Aran HaKiddush. What? My house can have a Kiddush Kiddushin? I can be one of the Kruvim? No. That, 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 that will not happen in time to the base of Mikdash. I will not be one of the Kruvim and my bedroom is not going to be the Kodesh Kedoshim. So right now we have a chance to build the base of Mikdash in our house for also leave Mikdash for Shekhan to Besoyim. 
So that's a reason to be a little happy to Shabbat everybody. Because right now, sitting in this room, we're closer to Hashem than we've ever been before. But there's a reason to be very sad. And that is because our houses are not. One of the hardest kinnists for me to say is when Titus Harasha walked into the Kaidish Kedushim with a harlot, with a zaina, and didn't have Vera with her, I believe, wrapped in the Puleches of the Kaidish Kedushim. And when they brought a Chazir on the Mizbeach, and it says that Yerushalayim shook at its roots. And the Malachim, it says, ask Hashem, if a, if a Kohen Gadol walked into the Kodesh Kedoshim and made one little mistake, he died on the spot. And Titus could go into the Kodesh Kedoshim with a harlot, with a Zainab, and you didn't kill him? Hashem said, it wasn't a Kodesh Kedoshim anymore. When he went in, I took my Shekhin and we were, I was gone. It just, just breaks. Nothing else. What bigger tragedy, ladies, than the king's house burning down. And he comes to his daughter's princess's house. And he says, I have nowhere to live. I have nowhere to go. Can I please come in? You're my daughter. And she's like, no. You have no place in my house. <coughs> Ladies, is our house a base on English? Is our bedroom a base on English? Were we as bad as to Russia? Did we bring Znus? Did we bring DVDs and movies and internet and filth? and magazines and things into the Kodesh Kedoshim, into our bedrooms, into our houses. Why are we sitting on the floor? Why are we crying on Tishabav? Why are we fasting? Because the king, the Shekhinah, has nowhere to go. Wherever he goes, he's told he's not welcome. This is not a shulchan for you. This is not a menorah for you. This is not a bedroom for you. This is not a house for you. Mekarsh Bochum turns away and he goes through the whole world, it says, and the Shekhinah dressed in black on Tishabov sits on the floor and cries in the Makam Hamidosh where her house used to be because she has nowhere to go. So she returns to this burnt down palace, to this wall of bricks and tears and papers and, and plants. And that's where the Shekhinah spends her Tishabov, wailing and sitting on the floor, dressed in black at the Kosomaravi. While well, we all go back home tonight into our houses that are tame like the house of Titus full of things that are not the will of God I'm begging everyone here go home to your room tonight whether you're single or married it makes no difference your room is a Kodesh Kedashim and start to clean it out take Titus out of your room in the miracle of Hanukkah 
I'll end with this. When you say Al-Anisim, it's very fascinating because in Al-Anisim it talks about this and it says the following. It says the Chashmanam, that's who we are. You know, Maccabees, they were the warriors. Right? Hashem. That's who the Maccabees were. So when we, when we say Al-Anisim, it says that they came to the base HaMikdash and the first thing they did was not light the menorah. Don't go home tonight and light the menorah. That's not, that's not what's going to be happening. First they went into the Beis HaMikdash and they cleaned the Beis HaMikdash. As it says, They cleaned out the Hechel. The Tiaru was Mikdashecha. And they made holy, they made pure the, the Beis HaMikdash. Then the Hidriku Neiros Bechatres Keshecha. The Neiros seemed to be connected to the women according to the Zoya. Specifically, Hadlokis Neiros makes you Kohanim Gedailim. So there's a very special connection between the Neiros and the women. They didn't light the Neiros until they cleaned the Hechal. Take something in your Hechel tonight and put it outside the door. This doesn't belong in your Beis HaMikdash Hashem. And I want you to feel welcome in my house. And it may be so hard because it's something I'm so connected to. It's my nature. It became my nature. It became part of me. And by one girl, one girl screamed, and the whole Sodom went down. Klai Yisrael screamed, and we were taken out of the triumph. One, I remember my Rebbe told me this. You know, people think, I'm only one, what could I do? Klai Yisrael didn't jump into the Yamsuf. Not 50 guys, 100 guys, or Shevet, 2,000 guys. One, one broke his Teva, Nachshon, one person. And the whole Yamsuf split. One girl here tonight. Break your nature, and Mashiach can walk through that portal. Just one, one action. We need one action, one Miriam, one Sarah, one Chani. To go home tonight and take her stuff and put it outside the room. As much as she needs it and she wants it. Because if you break your will for him, then the Kurdish Baruch Hu will break all those bad wills against us. So there's two things we need to do. We need to end the gullahs. We need to cry from our inner soul and our inner heart and our very fiber. Like the women who lost their brothers and sisters and like those three mothers when they found out that their children were murdered. We need to cry to end the gullahs. But we need to take an action to bring Mashiach. Who knows in, in this room who's going to do it? Just one action. I love you. And I don't want you ever to come to the door of my room and feel uncomfortable not being able to come into my room. For us to leave me, does Hashem says, please, make me a place. For Shekhanti Basokham, I'll dwell in you. In you. I don't need to make something to I'll dwell in you. I want to give everyone a bracha. On the night of Tishabov, many years ago, the Torah says that the Maradlin came back and they cried. And Hashem said, you cried for nothing till the end of time 
I will give you a reason to cry on this Tisha B'Av. And on this Tisha B'Av specifically, we have a reason to cry. But in the deepness of this seems to be a curse. There's always goodness. We talked about the last couple of weeks, tragedy. In the tragedy of Yosef being sold, he was sold to spice merchants, not tar merchants. So when I was preparing this share, I was like, God said that every Tisha B'Av we're going to cry. But he did not say we're going to cry every Tisha B'Av from sadness. He said we're just going to cry. So let's make sure that yes, we will cry tears, but they will not be tears of sadness anymore. And Hashem said will come true, that every Tisha B'Av we will cry. But from now on, we will cry tears of happiness. Go home. Cry your heart out. Take a capital to Hillel. Clean up that base Hamidash that you have. Break a teba. And this Gemara in Sanhedrin and Megillah will come true. Matzei Shvius will be the redemption of Kleistra. Will be the return of Mashiach. Thank you very much. What? We're going to play, if you, the people who did not see it, we're going to play a three minute video. This Tishabov is very different from last year. This Tishabov, the Jewish nation, is at war. Within a person's soul, within a person's heart, 
and from a person's every fiber. It's called a tzaka. Just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.